Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, it's been 12 days since the last football game. Q, how you holding up? Um, still waking up in cold sweats on Sundays. Um, still trying to fill this empty void. This empty void on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. It's been tough. My therapist said, uh, just confront it. I did get a, um, I did get a dog. My therapist recommended. Uh, companion. So um, I'm making it. You know, it's it's been tough, but I'm I'm hanging in there. I started a Madden season. I started a franchise season, so um, I'm building the team through there. So I'm doing things to get me by these these next these dark days, these next seven eight months of of darkness. So uh, thanks for asking. How how are you? How are you holding up? Chicago Cubs. The they will season starts in like what a little bit more than a month, so that's that's good. That's you know knowing that there will be some type of sports entertainment that interests me soon is is helping me. It's helping me, but yeah, it's uh I might need to do the same thing. I need to go. I might need to talk to somebody. I might you need, might to, need to talk to somebody. You know, yeah. Might need I'm to interested get to see what the what the script writers have for the Cubs this year, though. Very interesting. Right now, man, you know, the script writers are, are playing in my face right now. They ain't they ain't really spent no money this offseason. They only thing they did was steal Craig Council from the Brewers, which is a big deal because the Brewers are the ops. Yeah. You know, we sent them into rebuilding. I, I, I appreciate that. So that's one one op out the way. Now Craig Council can't play baseball anymore. So we do he no. does need we do need to put some more people on the field, but 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 he's important. This would have been like if the Blackstones could have stole Larry Hoover. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the, the the Cubs did what the Stones couldn't do. Yeah, they've been losing every Peace five. No disrespecting <laughs> my moles out there, but I'm I'm just giving historical facts though. You know, game banging is another very long lived sport in Chicago. That's very important to a lot of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> one of the original sports in Chicago. A lot of different rules in today's game, though. Know? A lot of offense being played out there. The boys playing offense and they, they go into the league early. 
and retiring early. Retirement <laughs> age is up. Yeah, out in that game. You are you are not lying there. Yeah, I mean, they draft they get drafted early, you know, right out of second grade. Uh, yeah. There and there ain't no more farm league no more. There ain't no G League to develop you. You 13, 14, you get your pistol, you get out in the street, you get off that porch. You know, you get, they got the they got the they got the career span of a running back. So one one contract, one contract and done. That's it. You're done. The Bears are in the offseason. It's pretty boring right now, man. It's uh and the offseason, like I said, it's only been 12 days old since the last football game. It's still in its infancy. And, but here at the DBC, we're going to keep you ever inter- entertained and engaged with everything that's going on out there. Every every step of the way. In fact, today, we're going to talk about the first step of the offseason, franchise tags. But before we get too deep in the weeds on that, we got to talk about last offseason. And how did that grade out? So, with that said, Q, we are closing in on our one-year anniversary. Well, on the uh, on the DBC, and I remember one of the biggest things we talked about last last offseason was what are the Bears doing with all this cap space? Ryan Poles, his acquisitions. Let's talk. I mean, he had a he had a few of them in the in the uh, last offseason. Um, we just run down a few of them. So uh, he traded for DJ Moore, obviously, you know, traded for DJ Moore in that trade that and that trade for the number one pick. Um, he cut to get him. The biggest one that he let walk away was David Montgomery. Yeah. Right. Um, but he did use he did use some of that cap space and he, he brought in Tremaine Edmonds, Demarcus Walker. Um who else? Uh, TJ Edwards. Like Nate, yeah, TJ Edwards. Nate Davis. Davis. He's re-signed. Dante Nathan Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Tunyon, like you said, uh, Dante Foreman. Yeah. yeah. Just just some of the guys that named him. Oh, Rasheem Green. We remember. We haven't heard. We haven't said his name since the preseason. Um, yeah. And, he got uh, a lot of snaps, I think though. He did. And Noah Sewell, uh, those are like all the the guy. Those are like all the. Those are all the like notable phrases in that position. There you go, notable notables. So, with those names being said, how would you grade Poses' 2023 summer with signing and bringing on new guys? Uh, we're we're including um the draft trade right and the draft yeah, picks right DJ. not the draft okay, picks yet so, we'll talk about that separately so DJ Moore oh, just the free agent signings we'll no we'll include we'll include DJ Moore in this for the you know for the betterment of time we'll include all the new players that weren't rookies into this okay. how we grade that all right there was a lot of swings and misses um. So with just free agent signings, uh, oh, he acquired Montez Sweat too. So if, if no, we'll, I'm we'll leave that. We'll leave that. We'll leave we'll that, that. Okay. Well, just the acquisition you said. There's a lot of swings and misses. Bright spots. I'm willing to give him um, a B minus for that. 
I'm in B minus territory. Okay. Because I feel like a, a lot of it, I understood what was happening. I never had high expectations for a lot of guys because I knew they were, you know, short-term rentals. Even Nate Davis. I know Nate Davis got $30 million, but it's a three-year deal. And I feel like Nate Davis is, 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 is the starter, a bridge starter for their guard they're going to draft maybe this year or next year that's going to be in place for 10 years. So even Nate Davis, I don't anticipate, I anticipate him unless they draft a guy, one of the guards, um, within the first couple rounds, they don't have a second round pick, but I anticipate Nate Davis coming in as a starter this year. And his time will probably be up before his third year, or he just won't be resigned after his three years is up. So I thought he did good, you know, filling in the gaps while, uh, he can get a couple more drafts under his belt. So I gave it a B minus. Because Tremaine and TJ did hit. I felt like they both lived up to their potential. Dante Foreman came in and did what he was supposed to do. He was a third running back. When when he was called on, he was productive. Um, and when he sat it, he didn't really – he wasn't deactivated due to performance. He was deactivated because you had two younger backs and they have more of a, 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 role, a future role with the Bears. So – all things being equal, and I think all three backs are kind of equal. They all do different things, but I think the sum, the 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 totality of it is they're all pretty even. Uh, so I feel like you know Dante Foreman was a good signing. He did exactly what he was supposed to do when he got in there. So the question I have about this is acquiring DJ Moore, Tremaine Edmonds, and TJ Edwards. Is that enough to put it into the bees? Oh yeah, that's where I'm at. With, that's where I'm at with. Yeah, okay. Because because more, I would say more exceeded expectations. Career season, he had career yeah. best season. I mean, I think we all thought DJ Moore was good, but I mm-hmm. think a lot of us, a lot, a, a lot of our fan base, and a lot of us, me included, felt like he was a guy who was really more of a top tier number two receiver and this year he kind of proved he is a number one maybe not the elite number ones like the justin jefferson's uh uh definitely definitely. yeah no it's even even cd lamb cd lamb took his game up another Mm -hmm. in that you know elite tier one hell puka nakua might be a number one st louis just creates guys but DJ Moore kind of entered the conversation of the, you know, the number one receivers and maybe tier B. He's in there with yeah. Stefan Diggs. He's in there with AJ Brown. You know, he he's he's in those tiers. He's probably a little higher than DeAndre Hopkins right now and, and Devontae Adams. So he's in those names of uh you know, tier two number ones, if you consider Hopkins still a number one. I do not. Um, fair. I do. I do not consider Hopkins a number one. I consider fair. Nuke fair. a um, on a good team. Nuke would be uh, the third wide receiver on a on a on a real on a legit offense, right? Mm-hmm. So Nuke, his best days are behind him. Now, if we agree that those three players by themselves move the Bears to the B category, then it's a, he had a great. Then Brian Post had a great offseason. Full stop. I agree. Um, I, I I believe he did. Cool. 
Um, now we got to do it on the on the backhand side. How does the the misses affect the grade? So there was the signing of Nate Davis, as you as you called him out. There also was the um, signing of Nathan Peterman and Demarcus Walker. About five times. And Peterman gets signed about five times. <laughs> Walker included. So Marcus Walker, yeah. he he was flashing a lot in the preseason, right? He was uh pretty pretty good. Um, he played he played he had a he played a lot this season, but he didn't he didn't jump off the page. No, there were there were no splash plays from Demarcus Walker. Not as much. He not didn't. As much. So pretty much, we see what what that is. Like okay, um, when when the lights are on. He's a he's a backup player. He's a rotational piece, right? So we understand he that he was versatile. He you you moved him around. I saw him move around the defensive line. I saw him move inside a lot, but as an edge rusher, he didn't get it done. I, I think he finished with four sacks, three sacks, and I think I, did, I didn't know he had that many. I thought he had like two. Uh, you 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 might be right. And when you play opposite Montez Sweat, who's eating double teams up, you should have more sacks. And I know he didn't get to play Mont- with Montez Sweat an entire season. But you saw Demarcus Walker to be a guy that could generate his own pass rush, and he just didn't beat tackles one on one. He right. didn't beat them. So uh, all in all, he was a serviceable player. He he ate up snaps. I thought he did well when you moved him. He, he, to me, he played better when he was moving inside on passing downs, kind of at that three technique playing defensive tackle. And he and he did his he did his job stopping the run. He did do that. He set the edge. He was his build. But in today's NFL. I need I need my lineman to get to the quarterback. That's the only way to stop the quarterback. You know, I think that's that's the most important thing. Kansas City didn't do a good job stopping the run during the year. I think they were 18th ranked, but they did a good job getting to the quarterback and they did a good job in the secondary. So, no, I got to judge DeMarcus Walker as a pass rusher first and foremost. So I would say that is a little bit of a miss, a little bit of miss on that yeah. side. But not not too much of a mess, you know. Demarcus, I mean, the the conversation for me is not so much uh, what Demarcus Walker didn't do. It's so mm-hmm. much that that Demarcus Walker was pretty much the only thing. And Yannick Ngakwe, you know, let's bring him into the conversation as well. Um, the conversation should be how Ryan Poles avoided answering that question about pass rusher until well into the season. I mean, we, we had better options than DeMarcus Walker and Yannick Ngakwe. There was there was a Rainy lot better Con- players Con- available. A, lot, a very good season, yeah. Yes, he did. Um, so that should be that to me because edge, defensive end, however you want to call it, it's not quarterback, but it's right underneath quarterback as far as important oh, yeah. for a football team. So that's a letter. That's a whole letter grade off for me. So at, yeah, that's why right I got him now, at B minus. Right. And I agree. They, he cannot have an A <laughs> just because of that. Um, the uh the decisions to not resign certain players, let some players go to free agency. I think the only player that we need to talk about is David Montgomery. Um, and I was totally fine with that. I am too. As we already said earlier, running back careers are not long. Um, you can you can draft them and then you know use them up for the first three four years you got them and then go get another one and you can start just start the thing all over. I think the Bears were correct me if I'm wrong. 
in David Montgomery's last season with the Bears, they were the number four rated ranked um, rushing attack. No, I think they were number David Montgomery's last year. I think they were number two mm. or number one. They didn't fall off running the ball though without David Montgomery. I mean, he was the guy who was the most. He was the least inefficient rusher they had. He, he couldn't break four yards of carries. If that, I mean, if if they were two with them in his last season, they were still two without him. So there you go, right there. There's no drop. A lot of the fan base whined about not resigning David Montgomery. You, he he gets tough yards. I'll give him that. But the tough yards he got, you, you the things he does. You could have did with Deontay Foreman, and there's no reason to tie up cap space with a with a running back deal. I'm not mad at all about the David Montgomery um, allowing him to walk because keeping him here, what does that change? I, I don't. I think we're still a seven and ten team with David Montgomery. I agree. <laughs> running backs don't move the needle. That's why when you see, if you pay attention to betting lines, any of if, if any case, if you look at the start of this start of the week and you see team A is a um, four point underdog or whatever. Right. And then you mm-hmm. see uh, that the, uh, the the favorite. Oh, their running backs not going to play. That line is not going to move at all. David Montgomery being yes. hurt does not affect the line for the Detroit Lions at all. In fact, when David Montgomery is hurt, uh, I feel like. If I'm betting on the Lions, I feel a little bit better because they're finally going to use Jameer Gibbs. Like he is one of the most underutilized talents there are. Although that started to change towards the end of the season in the playoffs. I mean, if if you watch Detroit Lions games, they're Montgomery had a good year. Jamar Gibbs, get him more touches. Get the ball in Jamison Williams' hands more. Those are the two guys that need to touch the ball more. They're dynamic players. You don't need to find more touches for David Montgomery. I'll activate David yeah. Montgomery when I get inside the red zone. And and David Monk, I think the only I think the the Lions, even with having Jamar Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, David Montgomery have a, had a thousand yard season, a thirteen touchdown season. Even with that, Jameer Gibbs and that production from David Montgomery, I think they still did not. They were not higher than the Bears, Bears as a total rushing unit. They, they um, weren't. <clears throat> so that just goes to show you the, the type of. Um, you know, excellence, the Bears, you know, being able to run the ball that they've got, they figured out so far under uh, Matt Eberflus. And, and a lot of that, that uh, Justin Fields. Yeah, a lot of it comes from Justin Fields. I mean, you know, he's a he's a fantastic athlete and can, you know, you, he makes defenses have to, you know, account for him vertically and horizontally. Perfect. Um, that just goes to show, I mean, you know, we can, we can, we can do this with you and without you. So I yeah. don't, I, I'm not going to um, – obviously, there's still some trade left on the tires for David Montgomery. But I'm not going to hold that against Ryan Poles and making his decision to move off of him. Do, do we have a a sure, no doubt about it, running back with the Bears right now? Did did, he, did they replace David Montgomery? Really? No. But we don't, we don't, have, to, we don't have to answer mm-hmm. that question today. You can get a, you can get another David Montgomery in this draft, and I'm, and I'm sure. And – Day three, or uh, yeah, I'm sure day three, there we're gonna have another running back. There's gonna be somebody drafted between rounds three and seven, and I they're probably gonna be good. Mm-hmm. And I and I still think Roshan Johnson, 
shows a lot of upside. I don't think he was um, used enough, but going into his second year, Roshan will probably go into this year competing for that starting job. I don't, I don't anticipate Deontay Foreman being brought back. So I think you draft another running back and you go with a running back by committee unless Roshan emerges as, as the number one, clear-cut number one, and makes Khalil Herbert to change the pace back. Agreed. So we both got Ryan Poles last offseason in the B, in the B. That's above average. Here's not fantastic. He's not my he didn't blow anybody up. Right. He's got he, he still he can do a lot better. He can do a lot better. But it's uh but it's still good. We will take that. Uh, let's let's go let's go to the next part of the uh the offseason, the draft picks. So obviously we all know we traded down from number one to get uh DJ Moore. That was a part of that that last conversation. We also got um a few picks out of that, most notably this year's number one. And we ended up drafting Darnell Wright after we traded down again to number to pick what nine? Uh, um, yes, yeah, uh, number nine. And then I think we traded down again to number 10. Right. Yeah, right, right. So we got Darnell Wright at number, at number 10. Then, you know, later on in the draft, we got uh, Ron Dexter. Uh, Ron Dexter. Roshan, Roshan Weas, as you already called out. Uh, Tariq Stevenson. Tariq Stevenson. And Zach Pickens. Mm, we didn't talk about him. So those four, <laughs> those four was the uh, the highlights of the, of, the, of the draft. Everybody else is, you know. Oh, Tyler Scott. Let me, let me make that, make it into a, a round number five. So those five, highlight of the draft, draft class 2023. I'll start. Um, I was not. I was not satisfied with this draft. Then, um, I'm a year, almost a year later. I'm still, you know, in wait and see mode. Obviously, it's only been a year, so you still, you don't, you want to give players at least two before you have a definitive um, grade on them. But right here, right now, eleven months past the since I give a full season watching them. I'm looking more so. In the C minus uh, category, it's trending towards a D, uh, mm-hmm. largely because you traded down twice to get Darnell Wright. Now you have to do things like that. I understand you got to start building the foundational pieces for this team. Um, you need a tackle. Great. Was Darnell Wright the best tackle available? No. No. Not, 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 not that from what I've watched. Now things could change. He can, I mean, he's still developing to being the best tackle available from that draft. Um, but what I've seen out of watching Arizona Cardinals games this season, what I've seen out of watching, um, what team drafted the other cat? Uh, I forget. But the Titans drafted um, Peter Skaronsky. Dewan Jones was a the big dude. Dewan Jones, who I think went in the second round. Cleveland, he's a um, he's a he's an absolute monster there. Like six eight, three seventy five. Um, now obviously there's going to be issues with movement in space, but I mean, I I looked at one of the sites, one of the favorite things I like to look at with the draft class. Now obviously this is an early one, but the redrafting of um, well you know where they redraft that class, 
Yeah. One of them I seen Darnell Wright. Uh, he didn't even go in the first round of the redraft. The tackles that went in the first round were Broderick Jones, uh, Dewan Jones, Peter Skoronowski, um, the kid from Arizona. He had an up and down season, but I think overall, the kid from Arizona shows higher upside than than Darnell Wright. Um, I don't think Darnell Wright was would would leave the first round in a redraft, but I don't think you have to get him a 10. I think that's he's a, exactly I think he's a guy you can get in the 20s. Yeah. Um so, I don't I don't like I don't like the fact that they traded down twice. Um yeah. that first that first seven, eight players were were game changers. Um Paris you had to Johnson, get Jalen Carter uh, nine. Yeah, Jalen Carter, Paris Johnson, Skaronsky, C.J. Stroud. These were all players that we avoided. Von Witherspoon, yeah. Witherspoon. Um, the defensive Will player Anderson. of the year. Houston, Will, Will Anderson. Houston got the, <laughs> the defensive rookie of the year and offensive rookie of the year. Crazy. And the Bears could have had either one. But either one. moving past that, these are all players that would have popped for you year one. These are franchise players. These are pillars, like I just talked about. Would have made holes the, you know, you you you. If you would have got screwed or Will Anderson, you know, people are, you you, you know, they're carrying Ryan Poles out of uh, uh, Soldier Field like they like they carried Mike Dick out after the, you know, the NFC Championship. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not saying that they would have that this would have led them to win in the NFC. I'm just saying. The franchise would be looked at in a whole different light right now. Um, you know, you take CJ Strude, uh, and maybe you deal Justin last year. As long as Strude is able to come in and replicate what he did with Houston, you know, as a bear, you're holding number one pick this year and you're holding everybody hostages. You you're not looking at drafting a quarterback. You're looking at give me your best offer. Mm-hmm. You know, and and mm-hmm. and if you're not in the top three, you're going to give up a ransom because we could look at just taking Marvin, you know, Marvin Harrison. So you put the team in a whole different you, – you got a lot more assets with that. You still got the of your own first-round pick, which could be lower if C.J. Strude replicates what he did in Texas. But, yeah, you're in a whole different light if you take Strude. And even if you took Will Anderson, uh, you got a cornerstone edge rusher. You know, if you took Jalen Carter, who performed better than than um, than than Darnell Wright, maybe you're not looking at having to acquire a Chris Jones as your three technique this year. You know, yeah, it's a lot of money saved when you get these players on franchise. I mean, on, on and, and, and Darnell Wright was a solid player, but when you look at him, he don't he don't jump off. The, the 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 screen like those guys do. He oh. doesn't seem to have. I don't want to condemn him too early. He doesn't seem to have star factor. He looks like a guy that's going to be a solid player for a long time. I agree with that full heart. I, I don't think he's a as of right now. I don't think he's anything wrong with him. He was probably the best offensive line we had last season, mostly because he was he was there most most of the that's games. That's the reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you expect that from a from a, from a guy who's in his early 20s. Like 22, you expect that. Yeah, 22, 23. Yeah. You better stay healthy. Well, I'm not. It's exactly. 
<laughs> 22-year-olds catch a bullet and keep going. They they, <laughs> they, 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 they built different. I mean, you, you, they you expect to be able to play every day, especially when you can, you know, juxtapose him with Nate Davis. So, yeah. That's one thing. He was healthy. The other thing is that while I was watching other teams' draft picks, again, Paris Johnson, yeah. Skaronsky, those guys, they jump off the page. They jump off Duan the screen. Like, look, at, look, at, look at how Paris Johnson is, is pulling. They, they are they, every, every, let me say every play because, you know, they would have telegraphed it. But, like, <clears throat> they ran behind Paris so much. In Arizona, Arizona, they was they was going through his gaps on his side, was pulling him on the other side. They, he is a huge, he is very very athletic. Skaronsky the same way. He is oh my goodness. And then like like your point, we had a defensive issue going into last season, and we chose not to address it at all. Pretty much on that front line, we allowed another team to get Will Anderson. We allowed another team to get Jalen Carter. We allowed other teams to draft, I'm not draft, but sign uh, like four or five other like pass rushers before we even went and got Yannick Ngakwe, whatever's left of Yannick Ngakwe. So, <laughs> um, so I did not like that first round response from Ryan Poles whatsoever. Um, Darnell Wright can still be good. He can still be great. He can still be a Pro Bowl player. Um, he might even be an all-pro player. It's worth noting, Darnell Wright did make the uh, PFW all-rookie team um, with Dewan Jones from Cleveland. But uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think he was the one of the top two rookie tackles. PFW saw it different, and more importantly, Darnell Wright is a right tackle. Doesn't look like he has. I don't foresee him moving to that left side. He didn't move right. laterally well enough to deal with those edge rushes. So, I mean, you took him number 10. You could have took Dewan Jones, you know, at the end of the first round. I think Dewan was a better player from Cleveland as a right tackle. All right. So moving down to second round pick, your boy, Javon Dexter, what did you think? Started off slow. Um, really caught on. Um he played well towards the end. Uh, it took a long time. I think he's a solid pick. But, I mean, if we're going to nitpick, we're, 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 we're doing a review. So um, the guy, Kobe Turner, from the Rams, who was a stud, stud on the interior line, he was drafted in the third round uh, out of uh, Wake Forest. He was a better player. Um you could have got more value in the second round. I mean, you, you, you're you nitpicking a lot because the draft is, a you know, you don't know how players will turn out, and certain schemes make players turn out better. Uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say Javon De Dexter was a miss, but there was a second round full of players that were, were better and at his position. Like I said, Kobe Turner, the Rams got gold with him last year. I think did, did Kobe Turner make – no, he didn't make the Pro Bowl. He finished with nine sacks. Was a stud. So uh, am I? Would would I be saying something outrageous if I said Javon Dexter was the Ryan Poe's best draft pick of a uh, last offseason? No, but I think some people would argue Tyreek Stevenson, the way he played at the end of last year. Another player that was that you know started off rough, 
and then turned it around towards the back end of the season. I would say this, and these are rookies. Um, you got to get your bearings, and I don't necessarily care for the schedule argument, but it does need to be said that there was – we were playing teams who were obviously like throwing the towel in towards the back end of the season when these two players – you know, flip the switch. They figured it out. Yeah. Quick for them. But um, it is a half season. It is at, at best, you can say it a half season. And it was against teams that were, I mean, they were doing whatever's. Um, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I I would think that just on the on the full on the full look of it, I would say Dexter was the best draft pick out of the whole class. He's also the he's also the guy that that it seems like Ryan Poles to me, looking at back at the draft, he really picked safe picks. He picked guys that had a high floor but didn't have a high ceiling. Dexter is the one guy that, of his picks that really has a high ceiling. You know, a guy six six and two ninety and a good athlete. Tyreek Stevenson is a okay athlete. Um, I, I don't think it's still in his high. I don't think Darnell Wright's still in his high. I don't think Tyler Scott's still in his high. I think he picked a lot of guys who were safe picks. This was a, he seemed like he went in this draft thinking, okay, I'm going to get guys who I know can be solid football players, but he didn't really make risky picks. You didn't, right. he didn't go for the guys with upside. He went with the guys with a, with, with a higher floor. Dexter is the only guy who I could see maybe developing into a star. With that, how would you grade the draft from Ryan Paul's last season? I go with a C. All right, so we're both pretty much in that C range. All right, I won't I won't yeah. drop it low. That I'll stay in the C range. All right, I'll so go C. I'll go C plus. Um, I know you want to talk about those main four guys, but I thought Terrell Smith when he was healthy and he wasn't healthy a lot. Um, but when he was pressing the duty, the fifth round corner. He performed really well. I thought he performed better than Tyreek Stevens, uh, Stevenson early in the season. But I think I, I won't beat Poles up too much because I think he got a definite three starters out of this draft. And if you look at the totality of a draft and you get three starters, I think it's a, a solid draft. And he got two other guys who could have expanded roles next year. And um, yeah. Roshan and Terrell Smith. Uh, hopefully we don't have Terrell Smith having an expanded role because that means we somehow lost Jalen Johnson. Tyler Scott hasn't shown me anything more than being better than Vilas Jones, and we're not happy with Vilas Jones. So, um, no, I, I can't I can't factor Tyler Scott. He didn't show me anything last year. He showed me a, a big drop touchdown. But other than that, I can't say Tyler Scott is a guy that's going to be – in your top three, you know, receiver rotation. And the Tyler Scott thing hurts worse because you drafted him. I think they traded up to get him in the fourth round, a slight trade up. And mm-hmm. Puka Nakua went past you. That hurts. I don't want to, after I said that, I want to drop him to a D, but I'm going to. I think you just made the argument too. You just <laughs> made that argument for me because we, we already talked about you know, all the players we overlooked in the first round, and that's when we look we should have hit on. And well, Tank Dale was a Tank Dale was a day three pick too. So mm-hmm. you you took he's, Tyler Scott around you you took Tyler Scott around the time when people were taking Tank Dale and Puka in the cool. Ouch. Yeah. So <laughs> and he's not anywhere near their caliber of receiver. 
I think I'm going to give it a D. I think I'm going to give it a D. My bad. I'm talking you into a D. I shouldn't have brought up. Uh, yeah, it's, I shouldn't have brought up. It's, it's, Tank. <laughs> it's, I shouldn't have been. The only. I mean, you got teams that like blew the draft away. Houston, Texas Texas. blew this draft away. They've got since those three names alone, they fixed their whole team. Whole team team in a draft, and the Bears got an explosive receiver, an explosive edge rusher, and a franchise quarterback. It's got to be good to be one of the seventy-seven Houston, Texas fans right now. (laughs) Combined off this offseason, great. We're going to bake in the uh, the acquisitions. Trading for DJ Moore and the number one, the end, end the pick that turned turned into the number one pick. Um, we all both had it at a B, and now we both you got it at a C for the draft. I got it at a D. So a B and C combined is, you know, a low B on your end. A B and a B and D combined on my on my end, I'm, I'm in the C range. So I really want to move as I really want to move that draft to a C minus. Now that I think of Puka Nakua. And Tank Dale, yeah. like this. If if you're evaluating receivers and you come up with Tyler Scott instead of Tank Dale and Puka Nakua, that that hurts the body. That hurts the body. Yeah, and we and we talked about Ryan Poles a lot. Well, I have his inability to really um, grade wide receivers at any man any juncture. In the zone, Tyler Scott back to back is bad. Uh, don't forget that. Don't forget that Chase Claypool. Don't forget that one. I tried to forget that one. I want to forget that one. (laughs) I should be able to forget that one. He's one for four in it's man. He's one out of four. And the three swings and misses are bad. Like you're, you're swinging at at, at a ball in the dirt. Your hobby bias swinging. (laughs) Your hobby bias swinging. I mean, the Chase Claypool, Tyler Scott, and Vita Jones ended up being. With Chase Claypool, you ended up trading really a first round pick for him. You drafted Javila Jones with your third round, and you drafted Tyler Scott with your fourth round. And you haven't even been able to get, not one of those guys has been able to give you production on the field as a starter. Like you had to trade away Claypool. You took a loss on that one. I think he finished, I think he gave you 18 catches in his bare career over a year, 19 catches, 23 catches. Uh, Tyler Scott gave right. you. I think Tyler Scott gave you about two hundred yards, a fumble, a big drop. Vila Jones is giving you nothing. You, you, he he's an explosive guy, and you can't even put him out there at punt returns because he's lost so many punts. He's a kick returner and a and and, and, a, and he drops balls. He's a kick returner and a jet sweep guy. That was your third round pick, and like yeah. you said, the Texans are getting guys like Tank Dell in the third round. The Rams are getting guys like Puka Nakua in the fifth round. And you got a a number four receiver and a jet sweep special teams guy. He got to do better wide receiver. Depression. <laughs> yeah, I depressed myself with that one. Now that we've done our... Um, recount on the 2023 offseason let's move on to current days present time the league season doesn't officially begin until the middle of march i think march 11th 
where the new year season starts. So free agency really doesn't start until around there. However, franchise tags are now open. Last year, the Bears didn't do any franchise tags. Obviously, we said earlier that um, they opted not to give David Montgomery a tag. So they didn't use one last year. This year, they've got a bigger question. If quarterback is the most important player and edge defensive end is the second most important player, I would like to think that in the top five of importance is a strong cornerback. And we had, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the bottom NFL, yeah. And the Bears has statistically, it depends on whose statistics you want to you take into account. Jalen Johnson was, no matter whose statistics you want to take into account, Jalen Johnson was a top level cornerback this past season. Yeah. Um, for his whole Bears career, he uh just been pretty good. I mean, above mm-hmm. average, if not superior. Bill is now up. He's available for a tag or a, you know, big extension. Just considering how the Bears finished their season, winning, what, five of the last seven games or five of the last eight? Yeah. Um, I do not think Ryan Pose is going to let one of the bigger parts of the, of the team walk away for anything. Um, no, because – he when when just when Jalen Johnson requested a trade, Pose said, uh, I, "I think the Bears will offer some second round picks." Mm-hmm. Um, he said it would take a first round pick to get him, so he was mm-hmm. pricing Jalen pretty high. Yeah, uh, as you should, he should be doing that with all his assets. You know, wink, wink. Jalen Johnson is is worth a first round pick. Um, there's no other cornerback in the league that who's also in that same ilk as a top corner who wouldn't fetch a first round pick. Name him. Going to get a first round pick, you put him on the market. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, when he got traded from the Jacksonville, we got traded from Jacksonville. They got back a first round pick in 2019. The the Jaguars traded Jalen Ramsey to the to the Rams for a first round pick. A for two first round picks and a fourth yeah. round pick. Yeah. Yeah. And then this past year, he was traded for a third round pick. Obviously, he's not he's not at his best, but he's still a very good cornerback. So yeah. if Jalen Ramsey, and I'm not, I'm not saying Jalen Johnson was right now is peak Jalen Ramsey. I'm just saying at top corner, it's worth you to move heaven and earth for. So you got to give me right now. You got to give me a first and a third for Jalen. The way oh, yeah. he just finished you, he's all pro. You got to give a first mm-hmm. in this league. Corner is a premium. Yeah, I got to get a first and third. If if that Jalen Ramsey's worth two firsts and a third, this Jalen's worth a first and a third. Yeah. So I don't think anybody with with the type of offseason that this is right now. This is a quarterback driven offseason. Most teams are going to make me making decisions based on quarterback. I don't see any team going to break, uh, do something ridiculous for non-quarterback. Again, quarter, cornerback is very important. Yes, but when you got all these teams out here that needs to sign a quarterback who to be a starter, to be honest, the teams is going to be drafting. 
quarterbacks in the first 45 picks. You got teams that's that's looking to do something stupid like give Kirk Cousins a bunch of money, give Russell Wilson a bunch of money, um, Jimmy, give Jimmy Garoppolo a bunch of money to be any a, money, to bridge give Jimmy G any money, <laughs> Derek Carr any money. You might even see a team out there, you know, giving Mitch some money. No, you know, Mitch needs to know. be given money to be on a roster. No. I think Mitch's uh, NFL dreams are, are dwindling. No, dwindling. Is there still, are there still Mitch truthers around? I remember when Mitch first left Chicago. Oh, you're going to show Nagy. Nagy's going to regret it. He's going to go somewhere and shine. Are there are there any of those guys left that are like Mitch is going to go and show everybody that Nagy used him wrong? Or have we found the right way to use Mitch yet? I think people conflate their dissatisfaction with other Chicago franchises and things that they do with what the Bears do. Now, the Bears are not, you know, the standard for anybody. You know what I mean? Um, however, however, you know, players that leave the Bears outside of Greg Olson don't go on to be, you know, have excellent careers elsewhere. Yes. So I don't want to hear anything about, and this is, also to that quarterback conversation that the Bears are having also. Um, don't want to hear something about the Bears' history of mis- of not developing not developing players or not developing quarterbacks. Uh, Mitch had his best years in the NFL in a Bears jersey. He was a pro bowler. He went over – and this is with Matt Nagy. He also, he also, he also won an MVP. Yes, he did. The only trophy on his uh, trophy case, the Nickelodeon valuable player. Well, he'll Um, forever be remembered as the guy that was taking over not only Patrick Mahomes, but Deshaun Watson and uh, Christian McCaffrey. mm -hmm. He'll always be remembered for that. Uh, Yeah, we have uh, we have listeners that think that was that that draft had close to 20 Hall of Famers in it. So he was taking over a lot of good players. Uh, I think if we look at look over it again. We could probably find twenty five guys going to the Hall of Fame in that draft. Well, we could find twenty five players that are better than Mitch. Let's just call it that. Let's not <laughs> let's not do the other thing. <laughs> we can't do the other thing. But um, it's not hard to find twenty five players better than Mitch. I can look at the Big Ten right now. <laughs> not at a senior ball. <laughs> look at the Big Ten right now or the SEC and find twenty five guys I'd rather have on the roster. Mitch right now and I, I I know we use a lot of comedy but no I'm not I'm not even being funny I don't I doubt anybody any franchise out there is willing to separate themselves from their um future assets at at this juncture to go get Jalen Johnson Jalen Johnson just happens to be available during a quarterback offseason it, it is what it is so I don't think I think that plays into Ryan Paul's favor I don't think just just uh, Jalen's going to have the uh, the out get the outside pressure to really force Pose's hand. It's going to be what Pose's best offer, and if they can't come to the free, as good as Jalen has played, I I I think I, I know this sounds crazy, but I think Lejerry Sneed might be the most desirable cornerback on the market, and I think Jalen. Mm-hmm. I think Legereus went to the Pro Bowl, but I think Jalen was an all-pro over him. But I don't mm-hmm. think it's a stretch to say Legereus might be the the higher commodity. True. Yeah, he's younger. He's younger, and, you know, he can – Faster. You know, he can, yeah, 
a little more speed, a little more wheels. Lock up on lock up on a top right receiver. Yeah, that, that's necessary. That's necessary. And I've seen I've seen no. that guy. I've seen that guy impress. I've seen him in zone. I don't know if there's any weaknesses in. I'm not saying Jalen Johnson has any weaknesses. The only thing I would say about Jalen Johnson is I would want him a little bit faster. He's he's a, he's a guy that went to combine and ran a four five. He's not by any means slow, but he he's not he he's not elite corner speed. You know that's the only that's the only thing I would if I could improve from Jalen Johnson. That's what I would improve. Right. So if they don't come to a if they don't come come to, come to an agreement on a long term deal, you can expect the Bears to be using that tag this season. They're not letting them walk. They're gonna they're gonna use that tag on him this season, um, and he's gonna be getting he's gonna get paid very handsomely for it. And hopefully they come to an agreement at some point in the offseason so we don't have this same discussion next year on whether or not he's gonna get tagged again. So no, that looks bad. Hopefully, you know the Ravens got a lot of bad flack from uh, tagging Lamar. You don't you don't want guys playing on tags. NFL free agents look at that and they make note of that. That's that frowned upon my player, player circles. Definitely. Um, and the Ravens are going to have to do the same thing again this offseason that they did. They played around with last offseason. Speaking about the Ravens and outside of the NFL, there are other teams having the same discussion. What do we do with the tag? And, you know, should we tag this person and let them walk? Um, the Ravens got this, having this decision this year again with Matabuke. Um, there are other teams out there, uh, Carolina and Brian Burns, uh, Jacksonville and Josh Allen, uh, Kansas City and Chris Jones. So yep. I'm a Jerry Sneed. Yeah. Is there any player out there that you're hoping finds this, finds this way away from the tag and it hits free agency? Justin Matabuke. Yeah. I think he will be the perfect piece for this Bears team, the way they're evolved. Chris Jones would be another good pick, but I think Chris Jones is 30. Uh, yeah, I think, 30. you know, the Bears, the Bears got a younger core. Yeah. Not not to say Matt BK is better than Chris Jones or one is better than the other, but Matt BK is like 24, 25. He will fit in perfectly with what Pose is trying to do and how he's trying to shake the roster. Matt BK is the guy that I hope avoids the tag, but I don't think the Ravens will let him. Fingers crossed. I would love to see him in a Bears uniform. Full pie in the sky. Full pie in the sky. I I, I would love, I agree with you. I would love for Matt Abike to find his way to the bridge. And, and I would, <laughs> I'm storming, I'm storming Hallis Hall if they don't move heaven enough to go get him. That's the only thing they need to be doing this offseason. If Matt Abike is available, Priority. He, does not be, he is not going to be. He, you do not let him take any other calls. His agent takes no other calls because you get there first and you get there and you give him the best offer that he's ever going to hear this offseason. Um, if Matabuke never does uh, reach reach it, again, another pie of the sky guy, Josh Allen. Uh, I like his versatility. Yeah, I love the his versatility. Josh Allen. Very yeah. underrated. Very underrated and not talked about enough. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, he was a – I think he was a – yeah, he was a top ten draft pick um, in two thousand twenty one. I think he was the number. Was he, he number the number seven. one or number two? I think he was number seven. Um, 
but yeah, uh, for for him to get away is again, uh, again, I like his age. He's only twenty five. He would be. He's extremely versatile. He's got a big body. Pause. Um, he's just he he fit, he, <laughs> he 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 checks all the boxes. Uh, six five two sixty. Yeah, yeah. You put him up. He's been quietly a two time Pro Bowler. Yeah. Put him opposite Montez Sweat. We got a we have transformed this. The, the defense was doing amazing things with Eberflus in the last eight, nine weeks of the season. Josh Allen already uh, has 45 sacks. He's already halfway to the 100 sack club. 100 sacks is not only not only Hall of Fame, but elite level Hall of Fame. Um I think I think only like maybe 10 to 15 people have 100 sacks. Uh, and he's halfway there, and he's only at that bare ass end of his rookie deal. Twenty six. He's twenty six, and you know edge rushers usually play well. They are usually in their prime to thirty one, thirty two. Yeah. You sign him to a five year contract. You you got that edge for the next half decade set. Yep. And now I really understand why Josh why... Allen isn't talked about more. Well, he plays in Jacksonville. You know, Duval County is not, you know, one of them big yeah. media hangouts, and it, they don't get a lot of – and when, when they do get, like, primetime games, is most of the talk is talked about – most of the talk is deriving on uh, – Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. So, that, I mean, that's how it is. That's that's what it is. Also, he plays in that, uh, that division – well, not the division. He plays in a conference with a lot of other, like – Star players on that on edge rushers. Yeah, you got Watt, yeah. you got Miles, uh, even Bosa and Khalil Mack. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Pro Bowls are hard to get over there. Although he got one last year, but Pro Bowls are hard to get. He still got two Pro Bowls. Now, I did say I shall let him at a bouquet as my. Those are the two guys that I would love to see. Now, I'm not saying that because I think they're the best available. Because Chris Jones is probably the best player available. However, as you said, you know these type of these type of defensive players are they play into their their prime. They're in their prime to like early thirties. Chris Jones is turning yeah. thirty, so yeah. Um, I don't want to sign him to a long term deal, and we only get only get you know good usage out of usage out of him for. And Chris Jones might end up costing you the most per season as well. Yeah. Definitely. If his if his tag is in the 30s, 30 millions, his long term yeah. contract is going to be like starting at 25. It's just, it's just going to oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. His, his agent is going to. His agent is going to you're probably going to be paying him 27, 28 million per year. That's probably that's probably what the agent is starting to pick up phone calls. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be fielding calls and he's going to want 28 million per year. That's that's where you're going to start negotiations at. Yep. I do think yeah, you might be able to get a slight discount with Josh Allen and Justin uh, Matabike, and they're younger. Uh, Daniel Hunter is out there, too, and I've heard the Bears have a lot of interest in him, although he's kind of – I think he's 29 or 30. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Josh Allen and, and Justin Matabike, if they're not tagged, those are my first calls, free agency. Some other players, like I said, Brian Burns is a. Uh, I forgot about that. That's another guy getting called. Well, see, now we're going towards the more realistic. So, realistically speaking, 
Brian Burns, I expect Brian Burns to be out there. You know, um, he shouldn't be, but I would not be shocked to no, be. Carolina seems like they want to. I don't know why, but Carolina seems like they've wanted to move away from him the last couple of years. So, yeah. I mean, Carolina's Carolina's paying more head coaches than they are paying. Three current head coaches they're paying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Tepper the Tepper regime has been pretty uh, quick to let people walk. I will let well not walk, but like quick to let them go. So let go, Brian Burns as well, bro. Just you know, free him, free that man. He's available. The Bears need to do what do what they need to do. Now you know, make the offer. And wait around to see if somebody else comes available. Then no one else comes available. You gotta you gotta pounce. Pounce, you know. Uh that's a that's a Panther pun. Um <laughs> they got they definitely gotta upgrade the opposite side of of, of Montez Sweat. I think that's operation number one for the offseason. You did and, and I think season. you might have to do it in you might have to do it in free agency because the draft isn't it's not a loaded draft for top tier edge rushers. The edges that are in there are kind of most of the guys in are kind of developmental projects in, yeah. uh, in this year's edge rushing class. There's a couple of guys I like, but I mean, they're, they're, I don't know if there's a guy that jumps out to be a number nine. This guy's more like in the mid first round, late first round. Up on the lower end of the uh, edges being available, as you said, Matt, uh, Daniel Hunt, Daniel Hunter will be available. Uh, um, Zadarius Smith, you got uh, Christian Wilkins, Jonathan Greenard. Um, so there, there's going to there are going to be options. I don't think all these players get tagged. I think some of them do come available. Now, two questions before, as we can close up this uh, franchise tag discussion. Um, for those that don't know, for those that are unaware of how the franchise tag works or what it really is, it is a one year deal pretty much. And you get the average of the top five salaries of that player's position of the last five years so or or hold on or 120 percent of his previous salary whichever is greater so a player is going to get paid on this one-year deal um a player can't refuse this tag and you, they would either play under this play under that money or sit out a year like Le'Veon bell did his final season with the uh with the steelers or come to an agreement on a long-term deal. Um, we, ob- we obviously agree that um, putting someone opposite side, Montez Sweat, would be ideal, or not even ideal. It's like the thing is the number one thing the Bears have to be doing this offseason before they get to the draft, right? Unless you get an interior like Justin Matabike, then I can forgive you for oh, not yeah. getting it. Then we can draft the edge guy. because you. But, I mean, yeah. that's, that's still – I would still say that's opposite, you know, uh, Montez yeah. Sweat. Now, what if none of those guys that we talked about come available? Like all all the teams realize that you know what we can't let these guys walk. They figure it out. Uh, owners stop being cheap, and they just open the pocketbooks and let all these That'd guys. Be stupid, yeah, yeah. So, but what if players in the back end of the defense come available? I.e., um, someone like uh, Xavier McKinney or Antoine Whitfield or we talked about the Bears not having a an, a, an actual, you know, RB1 earlier in the show. What if Saquon Barkley finally reaches free agency? Any of them options on the table for the Bears? Antoine Winfield would be where I would put my focus on 
He's a very versatile safety, and him mm-hmm. and Jaquan Brisker would make a very good tandem. Antoine Whitfield, uh, he he tackles, he hits, he yes. uh, forces turnovers. He's your he's your ideal uh, safety, and he's got range, so he'd mm-hmm. be the ideal safety across from Jaquan Brisker. Saquon Barkley, I really like him. I'm a big fan of him, um, and I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him in a Bears uniform, obviously on, it would have to be a team friendly deal uh, because in today's modern NFL climate and for this team, adding a Saquon Barkley is like adding a sports car in Chicago in the winter. You know, it's, it's, it's a luxury buy. It's something for fun. Um, but it's not, it, it, it's not the most practical purchase. So, yeah, I, I love Saquon Barkley. I love his highlights. I think he's a great player. Um, one of the most dynamic running backs we've seen in the last few years. Um, and I've heard some arguments that on the right team in the right situation, he can be used like Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, that is very, that is very enticing. Uh, obviously, with Saquon, you have, to, you have to be aware of the injury history. But yeah, it's 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 the luxury, it's a luxury pick. And when the 49ers traded for Christian McCaffrey, look at the team they added him to. They had edge rushes. They had their roster filled out. So for mm-hmm. the Bears, that's a luxury pick right now. Yep. You know, I think there's more. There's just more pressing needs. So as as great of a player as I think he is, on that back end, I would be looking at Antoine Winfield as my priority. If Tampa Bay lets him get to free agency. And I think they'd be stupid to let him get a, get away. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just go ahead and stop you right there, bro. Um, that uh, that 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 franchise mode that you opened up on uh, Madden to uh, help you, uh, you know, keep you keep your company during the off season. Saquon, you can go ahead and get Saquon there. Bears would not entertain that shit at all. <laughs> not no. the reality. Bears, no. <laughs> if if Saquon is the best option in free agency, then you just hold the money. Hold the money. In fact, well, take the money and say, "All right, Taylor, we got some extra money for you. How about you know we 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 want don't to tag anger you? the fan base. Don't anger the fan base. I it's part of my coping for the NFL season. I look fondly upon you know Facebook groups, other groups. I've seen some people suggest going to go get Justin Jefferson and Marvin Harrison, and I say. <laughs> Yeah, trade the number nine for Justin Jefferson, draft Martin Harrison. And I try to reason with these people. They obviously play a lot of video games. I say that's not a good that's not a good use of draft resources or cap resources. <laughs> and I guarantee you that if you line up Marvin Harrison, Justin Jefferson, and DJ Moore on one sideline by week four, somebody's gonna be pissed and cussing out the quarterback and coach. <laughs> receivers are just different types of dudes, you know, and I think all three of them have, have shown to be good characters, but trust me, somebody's going to be pissed at not getting nine targets a game. Agreed. So I've also yeah, seen so, somebody said Marvin Harrison Jr. Saquon Barkley is the ideal offseason. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, people play too much fantasy. People play too much video games. So in the reality, Let's uh, let's stick to what what we can, you know, realistically uh, uh, assume what will happen. Uh, Justin Jefferson would not be available. 
Saquon might be. And the Bears, as you've seen the last two years, they can be the best running team in the in the league without a top flight running back. We don't need to be paying one. We don't need we don't need one with the injury with an injury history. We already got Cleo Herbert. We already got David Mon- We already had Dave Montgomery. And Roshan, if he don't get it together, we've already got that. So what's the point of adding another one? Look, all right, past that. The, the second some franchise tag Jalen Johnson or anyone else gets say gets an announced, we will be back to let you know, you know, what's next steps on that. But to close out this episode, the biggest story for the Bears, this whole offseason has been surrounding the quarterback position. But as of right now, Justin Fields, um, he stirred up NFL news. Justin Fields unfollowed Chicago Bears. You know what this means. Yeah. You know what that means, right? It's uh, it's the Gen Z, you know, breakup move. Once you start following people, yeah, you know, you just – you get everybody in a tussie. You know, Larsa, Pippen, and uh, Marcus Jordan did it the other week during Val- right before Valentine's Day. And, they, you know, they unfollowed each other. They, well, they're back together. Um, be- love. Shout, out, shout out Marcus and Larsa. You know – Everybody, every there, there's Larsa's out there that need a Marcus. There are Marcus's out there that need a Larsa. If you're a Marcus, find your Larsa. If you're a Larsa, find your Marcus. Yeah. Don't give up on love. Marcus is out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what did you take from this? From this? Uh, from this whole? I don't want to call it a saga because it's still ongoing. But this, this event, Justin unfollowing the Bears on social media. Um, I took it for what it was. Justin, uh, he's 24 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a, he's a young man. He's frustrated from all accounts that we've seen. Justin wants to be in Chicago. He loves mm-hmm. it here. And he has a, the fan base really supports Justin. Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, if Justin, if there was a quarterback presidency poll of all the recent Bears quarterbacks, Justin would win that going away. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I think it was, I think it was an act of frustration. You know, he wants clarity on this situation. He wants clarity on his future. So you know, he said, you know, he didn't want to see all that on vacation. Apparently, Justin doesn't know how to mute uh, <laughs> activity on his social media. So yeah, I took it for what it was. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I, and I don't think. I don't think it closes the chapter on him coming back to the Bears. So I'm assuming you heard these these things from Justin uh, about just wanting to uh, block it all out, enjoy vacation. On the podcast that he did with uh, uh, the, uh, the St. Brown brothers, EQ and Amara. So I learned some things from watching that 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 uh, that pod, that episode of uh, him yesterday. Um, a few things. The first thing is, one, I learned that they had a podcast. I didn't know EQ and Amara, the St. Brown brothers, had a podcast. That, that was a revelation. Oh, yeah. I, 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 became, I became aware of it uh, at the end of the regular season where uh, mm-hmm. obviously St. Brown must be a Darnell Mooney fantasy investor because he was wondering. He had DJ Moore on the show. Yeah, and he was – Angry about the Bears' usage of Darnell Mooney. I don't think he's watched 2023 Darnell Mooney. Right. So the second thing I learned was EQ 
might have some uh might have a future in the uh in the uh, in the media landscape in the new media landscape um and i love that for him because i don't know I do how much it. longer this nfl wide receiver thing is gonna go <laughs> i love that for him because like, he's probably exactly played his last exactly. time as a bear <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> i hope you, i hope we can I collab hope. with him um, i would I love just, to collab yes, with you eq that, that that would be that would be fantastic for us and for and for him. You know, keep him keep him busy. Um, yeah. He's a uh, I set I set him up. You knock him down. The reason why I say that is because he grilled Justin. He you know he kept he kept he kept. Uh, I was definitely surprised about on, that. I was surprised yeah. he kept the pressure on him because he was mm-hmm. kind of light on DJ Moore. Um, but that was still I think that was in the last week of the season. He was light on DJ Moore. Maybe EQ realizes hey. Neither one of us will be back in Chicago, so I might as well ask some tough questions now. <laughs> I know I'm definitely not going to be back. Well, the the grill that I was talking about is uh, when when Justin said, "Yeah, I just want to get away from it all." And you know, I I I, I hear him what he's saying that you know I just you know I'm tired of every time I open Instagram, social media, uh, I see posts about what what what's my next future, what's my future going to be. You know, I'm supposed to just be doing um, watching film and, you know, studying for the studying playbook, yeah. yada, yada, yada. I just want to go on vacation and just, you know, zone out. And EQ hit him like, so you are still following the NFL. You said you weren't, but you still are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just not following mm-hmm. the Bears. You're not following me. <laughs> and, right. and you follow you're following, uh, you're following Drake Bijan, London. Drake London, mm-hmm. all the Atlanta boys. Yeah, you're following the Falcons, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, he pressed him. He pressed him on that. I, I wish he had pressed him on this though. If you if you, what you want to be doing this offseason is um watching film, reading the playbook. Why aren't you? You know, that if, what what stopped you from doing that, Justin? Yeah. Um, would it would it be that you don't have the new playbook? Mm. Huh. Well, I, I I think that can be offset by, you know, the company line would be maybe the offense isn't installed yet. Shane Waldron just got there. Maybe he hasn't mm-hmm. given anybody the playbook yet. But that's an interesting question, though. Yeah, I mean, that's, maybe, that's the question. Maybe him and EQ can find out their future. Like, hey, did you get a playbook? <laughs> I, I didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was the question I came away from it. Like, you know. Um, if you don't have, if they, if there is a playbook available at this point and you make a good point, they, they probably don't have one just yet. They haven't even met. They probably, Shane Walter probably hasn't met with all the players at this he point. Just, he's uh, just he on with the media today. Right. Um, that's a, that's a possibility, but if there is one and he doesn't have one. That's very um, telling. Yeah. That's very telling that, that the bears that he's been, a, he's been made sh- He's been told by the Bears in, in one way or another that they've made a decision. And I wonder if, if Tyson Bajan has one. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious, though. <laughs> I'm being yeah, serious. I, we we have it, to support our entire demographic. There are there. I'll be on social media. Um, I saw a poster and he was serious. Um, Said us Tyson Bajan believers aren't gone yet. You know, why can't it be Bajans and the Bears move down and draft a McCarthy or Knicks 
and then Bajan, you know, get a chance to prove if he's the future of the team. Doesn't have to be Caleb or Justin. Mm. Bajan, McCarthy, Knicks. Hmm. They have something in common. Other than just playing quarterback. <laughs> if you know, let, 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 let me know if you know. I, I can't put my finger. You know, somebody somebody came into my inbox and threatened me about uh not respecting Tyson Bajan enough and that he was going to protect his own. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy who didn't like Justin Fields. My, my thing is, if you don't like Justin Fields, that's fine. But don't tell me you don't like Justin Fields as a quarterback and, and try to sell me on Tyson Bajan because now you're playing in my face. <laughs> you, you're not going to do that. <laughs> you're not going to say that Justin's not the guy to try to sell me on Tyson Bajan. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's bear down with all of us, uh, but but still, I I, I got to have a little bit of realism, mm-hmm. just a little I, bit. Man, don't 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 play on my face, Ryan Pose. You do the same. This message goes to you as well for this rest as this off season continues. Don't play on my face. Let's let's move this thing in a direction where we can finally have some respect for one of these franchises in that play during a cold, cold time in this city. Um, and, I, and I think you got to make that decision. I think that decision has to come soon, maybe sooner than what you did last season. For the simple fact, as you alluded to earlier, there are free agent quarterbacks out there. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how we personally feel about Jimmy G and Derek Carr, somebody might think they can, you know, they need another shot at starting. And then Russell Wilson and Kirk, Kirk Cousins, they are very capable quarterbacks. Capable playing at a – okay, okay. No, 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 no. No. I mean, they they were capable. They were. Well, they're capable of convincing the team that they should be starters. They're capable of some team convincing themselves that they're okay at quarterback. So I think you do kind of have to – and that's why finalizing what you're doing in this in this uh in this league. That's why because they're easily coach. they're gullible. They're easy. They're, they they fall for the banana in the tailpipe. If you think, listen, we 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 fell at for um who was the guy after Jonathan Quinn? The guy that came the year we got Trubisky that said it's my team. Who was that guy? Came uh, for the bucket. Uh, ah, damn. Um. Long neck. I can't think of his name right now. Um, Mike something. Oh my god. Mike Glennon. Is that? Is it? Yeah, Mike. Like, yeah, Mike Glennon. Yeah, long man, neck. That was Mike Glennon. Oh man, jeez, that was bad. That yeah, was painful. They, they, they should not. The all season paid dialogue. Him. They paid him a lot. I what just remember like him saying, a year? "I think he got a three-year, fifty million dollar deal." But I think it was they were able to get out of it in the mm-hmm. second or third year, and they got out of it. Um, but I just remember the, um, it's my turn now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they drafted Mitch, yeah, I was upset. Ooh. Oh, I, I, I'm opening up all past traumas, but the fact that's we opened the show talking about trauma, and how we're going to do. And then with you forced me to you forced me to realize that we actually drafted Tyler Scott over Puka Nakua. Yeah. Shame on you. We, we opened the we, show we did, talking about we, we did. missing the NFL. And then you just made me open up and talk about all the trauma that the NFL caused me. Well, you know what? One way to move past trauma is to talk about it. So 
we talk about it. We we come to our we come to an understanding of what how it made us feel, and we get to a better a better place with it. And time to it heal. No longer and a longer time hurts. To time to heal. Time to heal. And we time and we can have better, more fruitful um, ideas on what to do in the future. So we don't have to deal with this cycle of abuse and this trauma that comes from it in anymore. And we've done that. We've started, we've started it. We've figured out what we need moving forward. We figured we put, we expelled some past goals. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with this. This, this hour of power was great. Very informative. Yeah. Very perfect. Q. With that being said, bear down but with that being said are you willing to close the door on the justin fields chapter um i <laughs> um fuck it yes 